Hi, how you doing? This is Joey Natolo with Space Between. I'm here with Brando Colonna. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me. We are we are introduced by a dear friend, by Paula, mm-hmm. but our last conversation got pretty interesting. But um, I, I I really want to talk about your whole experience. I think that your experience is so similar to you know. It's funny. I never thought I'd be doing a, a podcast, honestly, and I didn't know if I'd be good or bad at it or whatever it was. So I just kind of as I was going, I just kept going but mm-hmm. and here we are but ultimately going through and understanding the stories and hearing different people's experiences and has I'm not going to say it's made me more you know going deeper into a rabbit hole more interested in in wanting to know more and seeking it really is what it is this this platform has led me to want to seek further into spirituality and understanding that experience with through other people and in the beginning, I didn't understand that because I was really fully in a wide open awakening mm-hmm. and acting crazy, which mm-hmm. I know you know a lot about. <laughs> I, I do. No, I do. I know a lot about being crazy. Well, so and tell us about, yeah, I just, I, you know, I want to hear about your story, but they're very parallel. Stories are, are sim- very similar and, and, and I just love the way that you, the way you expressed it in your, your your humor, I think that the humor is the key, you know, because a lot of times when people are having these breakdowns versus breakthroughs, it's the humor that will pull you through the other side. Yeah, humor is interesting when it comes to spirituality because humor has judgment attached to it because you have to form an opinion. Humor also has a misdirect, which is taking you away from your focus and what you need with stable spirituality is attention. So. For me as a comedian, being funny and being irreverent was always distracting me from my soul purpose, but I didn't realize it. And then I also had an unexpected awakening, like you're talking about, in a funny framework of being insane. And I found concentration, I found a higher vibration, and um, it didn't work well with Mr. X and judgment. And so not only in this a bipolar aspect of it, so not only was I going like this mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, but then the way I was thinking by in being funny and being judgmental, it was consistently taking me out of a sense of peace that I found with concentration. And you were diagnosed with bipolar disorder at what age? Um, that's an interesting question because I was diagnosed, but when did I start believing it? Right. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, oh, I they think... They start saying it or you... you because yeah, I, I think they said I was bipolar, and then I think I just thought I could get free drugs at a certain age. So I'd say, I'm bipolar, I think I need this, this, and this. So I That got me that. in the hospital. Uh, <laughs> that exact perspective got me in the hospital. Okay, so, really? Yeah. So wait, where do you want me to go from? We have so much to talk about. Go from, please. I <laughs> well, it's interesting. Go from the hospital and just, the whole thing of being a comedian and how it happened to you on, you know, on your path. Like, or, you know, okay. it's Right where you think you're just crossed. You, 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 everything that you probably wanted and looked for in life was like right, right there. And then all of a sudden it deviated because you had an awakening. And the things that were once important to you became less important. Yeah, I, I think you too. I had an accidental awakening. Mine was a joke. Um, I thought it would be funny to... Well, I had just gotten divorced. And that was a shattering of an assumption in itself, right? So now my mind is working differently. Um, And again, the bipolar thing, um, it's my belief and understanding that when you're manic, it's a shattering of multiple 
assumptions at the same time, which is why it's so hard to deal with mentally, um, and even the vibrations of it, because you're, you're shattering fast. So I didn't know that I had that ability, and I had a big shattering of an assumption that I was going to stay with a husband, and that wasn't true. And so I was kind of ripe and ready for a spiritual awakening, even though I didn't know. So as far as my stand-up career is concerned, I did okay. You know, I was just getting into the clubs, and that was really exciting for me. I just I performed in Mexico, and I was got like second place in a... In Mexico. In Mexico, in Cabo, St. Lucas, there was a, a comedy festival, and I went down there and got second place, and that was real great. So for me, I felt like I was, you know, onwards and upwards. So, but the, the funny thing is, is having, you got to really think about this, is having yeah. an awakening at the backdrop of... Mexico? No, oh. comedy, <laughs> comedy, like even like a comedy play, any of those comedy tours or what do you call them? Um, when people go perform, a comedy performance. Oh, so just yeah. the backstage of how they are and they're just really interesting and people kind of working, it's just a different, uh, it's like being a musician, you know, being a comedian is a whole nother world. And then having an awakening on top of it, yeah. that just to me is just like fucking a whole nother level. It is because there's a lot of negativity in comedy, even in the comedy clubs, it's like thick with negative vibration. And that was part of me going insane and not being able to go back to work. So, so yeah, so I had this upward rising that I felt like I was going to do well. And, but I was very tired because <clears throat> a year after, I had to go back on stage a week after I got passed. And it was a week, no, no. I got divorced a week before, no, I got divorced a week after I got passed. So I only had a week to recover from my divorce before I had to get on stage. And that was really difficult because I was so hurt and in so much pain. And I was already very raw and upfront with my, my narrative and my stand-up. So a year of that and pitching shows, I was tired and I needed to take a break. So I went off the grid for the most part and I decided to write a pilot about Jesus being reincarnated as a female comedian, which was me. And then I was gonna go find apostles on Tinder. And this was the idea. And so, <laughs> I know it's funny. My manager thought it was brilliant. And I was like, yeah, it's gonna be great. And it's and gonna- what led you exactly to that point? That, that creative, what you just said? Because How did you get there? my act was about, um, having mental illness and believing they were a superpower and I just wasn't using them correctly. Well, that's important. Yeah, that's all I'm doing. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, people would say, mm -hmm. oh, you have ADD. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, but maybe I just don't care about what you're saying. Maybe I don't want to pay attention to you. And you call this ADD, but I could concentrate over here, like these types of things. So I thought, all right, so let's take that full throttle. And I don't know. I had heard or read somewhere that the story of, of Jesus is the same as Star Wars, like Luke Skywalker and Neo, and those stories always work. So I was like, great, I'll do a story that always works for me in my act, um, but let's just go to the top of the food chain and make him Jesus. And so that's... It's interesting, though, if you even think about uh, the stories, it's really the, the, the hero's journey, because if you think about Jesus and Superman, like you, people will be same. like, no, I go, really? Go, go look at them because they're all very similar. It's that hero's journey, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, they're, they're very similar. Yeah, I, you know, now I look back and I think there's only one narrative, which is finding God. And the details are in the clothes we're wearing and the choices we make and how many times we have to go through it to, you know, succeed. So now looking back, I go, of course. That's why I did that. But also, that's why I was chaotic, because I, I wasn't seeking um, a spiritual awakening. It, to me, the whole thing was a joke. It was a joke. I was going to 
it was going to be very, tr the pilot was joke very was trippy. Joke was on you. Yeah, joke was definitely on me. <laughs> <laughs> the joke was on me. And the stars are still laughing. Um, but that's how it is. It, really, it has a funny way of presenting itself. Oh. You're a comedian, right? So it played right into your whole story yeah, in a it, funny way. It did. Scary, but funny. It, and, you know. it, it was scary. Um, so, so yeah, I thought the idea was to have it be real trippy and have it be like fear and loathing in Las Vegas. And then I wanted it to be real irreverent and stupid because that's what my comedy was like. And so I wanted to be like eastbound and down and put those worlds together and... My manager's like, it's great, so funny, let's do it. And I was like, yeah, and I'm going to go act this out in an alter ego and really believe it and have people really believe that I went insane and believe I'm Jesus. She was like, that's brilliant. I was like, yeah, and we're going to tell the whole comedy community that I'm insane and <laughs> nobody could know but you. And she was like, brilliant, let's do it. You'll be the Dr. Gonzo, brilliant. You'll watch me so I don't go too high with the bipolar. Like everything lined up with this story. And so I you know, embarked <laughs> on doing it and what I didn't realize is that, like, I was living out the Beatitudes, so I was setting myself up for this spiritual awakening. Um, I was not afraid. My heart was open. I had absolutely no worry. And I was believing that Jesus or Christ consciousness was awakening within me. And I was going out and having other people believe it because I had this alter ego, so it was just, it was just happening. And then I was going home and rewriting it over and over again that this thing was happening to me. And then next thing I know, I was like, Pfft. it happened. It happened. <laughs> and That's so hysterical. Yeah, it happened. And I mean, not fully, but I had, you know, I had an awakening into a consciousness that was much higher than the one I was used to. And because I was bipolar and going up and down, it was, that's why it was chaotic for me, because I couldn't hold on to the information and act cool. So I would be really high, I would get high level information or have high level understanding and then come back down, see that high level of understanding but in chaos and the reverse and that was scary. So I'd want to go back up to see it with purity. So I was constantly doing this. Right. I think that that's part of, that's normal though. I think that we're taught to think that that's, that should be strange but I think that's, it, uh, you're going through the changes and anything changing, if a car changes gears or anything changes, you're mm -hmm. going to feel that change in gears. So. Mm -hmm. Those highs and lows of this air, bipolar things, I just felt are things are told, but you were just having a spiritual kind of awakening, which is a change in your system, and those things will start to change. Hey, Toby. Um, yeah, I understand what you're saying, and, and when we talk, and I enjoy how much we talk, because we are on the same page with everything that we say. We just have a different vernacular. Right. Um, for me, I would have preferred to have just have had a certain amount of stable stability mentally so that I could have cruised there longer. And then I could have gotten stronger, stable here with that information so that when I came down, I could apply it in my everyday world. And then come back up, learn, stay, and then come back down, just slower and longer. If I would have had that, I don't think I would have had the amount of chaos that I had in my life from that point up until a few years ago. Um, and I've made some decisions based off of that, like that I w looking back, I would have made differently. And so for me, those are just my preferences. But I also understand it's, it's coming up and coming down. It's like you can't see light unless you understand that darkness is there in relation. And then you realize, oh, this is better. This right. is light. I want to be in this space, not in the dark space. Yeah. I don't think that, you know, when you, when you, um, when these things happen, like from my experience, when they happen, I don't think they happen in a, it, it's, it's to, to rock you. 
from mm -hmm. your from your center, from your core, so that you see how you get up. I think that that's why they always say people find things, you know, when it's a near death experience or mm -hmm. for you, you were probably going, you know, being divorced, and that's a huge change and shift in your life. I, 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 I had mine. I was being separated from my family for 21 years, going through separation, a lot of other things happening, but you and then to throw that on top of it you know and then then you're being looked at like you're actually losing your mind that's so that's the thing is with society is i think that the, that the way it looks at people that are actually having awakenings are actually having a sickness so it's it's frowned upon in a way you know if you really look at it yeah um i understand what you're saying too about you see things differently it's it's i don't know if this is for spiritual awakenings as a whole this is just for me um, but I was just seeing through the invisible, if that makes sense, like you, and with understanding. And so you knew everything that was happening within the universe in relation to everything, but nobody else could see it or understand it because, well, at least for me, I didn't have the vernacular. I had no language for what I was going through. No, but there, no, was, no. there was times where I was on, because at a certain point, I couldn't go back to work because it was just too crazy. I remember getting up on stage and telling, you know, very irreverent joke and understanding the karmic ramifications of what I'm saying going into an audience of dissociated minds because they just heard about sex and they're looking to escape and they're drinking and I'm saying this thing that isn't of truth and I know it's not of truth because I've had the spiritual awakening but I'm saying it and I'm planting it inside of their minds and they're going to make choices based off of that which I usually wouldn't be responsible for but now that I know I am and then then my karmic ramifications amplified by the vibration of the mic and the control you have on top of uh, that's the stage know. and the sound in one second. No, yeah, but that's in the middle of a dick joke. To to <laughs> you know? But go back to actually understanding, uh, really understanding you're having an awakening mm -hmm. and being in a mental institution and all these things are happening. Like, wow, like this is actually, I've actually put myself now into a situation now and, and lit myself up, so mm -hmm. to speak. I was saying, you know, being lit, being, yeah. you know, being awake. You kind of, you, you, you've created a situation to light yourself up. But yeah. just talking about what you were doing, it kind of woke something up and, and you or you remembered something. Yeah, you know? it was difficult for me because I had set the tone that everyone was going to think I'm insane. I was writing about having a bunch of mental illness, which I didn't really attribute to all of it. I, I kind of, you know, I made it bigger than it seemed to, to make, make it funny on stage, but it was a mild bipolar, getting back to your question, it was a minor bipolar in like my 20s. And I didn't believe it, whether or not it was true or not. I didn't believe it, and I was high-level functioning, so I didn't really deal with it. Um, and it didn't get drastic until I really wrote the pilot. And then I, but I allowed it to get drastic because I was being weird, and I was letting myself become this thing for the sake of the story. So when that opened, the... It's funny because right now, if you think about it, I don't mean to cut no, you off, okay. but the bipolar tendency or disorder that you're saying started as you wrote the, the pilot it started as i wrote right. no it didn't start it got worse okay so just lit up so me it aggravated yeah. it yeah if you were to say that's what it is so basically really what you were doing is having an awakening that you created and it aggravated what you're saying to you're identifying with bipolar disorder so actually you probably were lighting up but you're identifying it with 
bipolar disorder because you just said it you said it yeah I, I understand that as just the spiritual perspective. Right. But like when I think about the psychological, because I still think we have psychology and we, that, that still yeah. exists in a mind space for people to understand the language and definitions. They could put a name on something that they don't understand. And I was definitely allowing myself to open up my mind and be open to different things and then close it. Like I was purposely dissociating my mind so that I could take in information right so mm. whether or not that was happening to me or i was allowing it to happen i feel like those are two those are the same things are we saying the same thing yeah i think so i think it's almost like saying like you're saying incoming information that you're you're getting yeah yeah i, I think so i think i'm understanding what you're saying. maybe i just feel real i i see it this thing happening in three parts like, you're saying about getting in by downloads or information or you trying to understand things that are coming through and what's actually happening to you? Yeah. Is that what you're kind of... No, I'm saying that I understand that these like neurons are... F like when, when somebody is diagnosed as something that's bipolar, it's because the neurons are flashing a lot. They have this ca capacity to be able to flash neurons and have releases of chemicals, right? Okay. Like that really happens. And so maybe people call that flashing thing bipolar because it goes up and it goes down and then it's not stable, it's too much chemicals, it's not enough chemicals and so this happens and when this happens in the body, emotions without emotional intelligence get crazy and bad decisions are made, right? But I also think that in those flashings, this is the light that you're talking about because it, let's say it's like a match, it's going like this and it's lighting you up and if your mind can expand, boom, spiritual the, These things that are happening, getting lit yeah. up, th th this is supposed to happen but we're trying to put um, define it so that we can fix it and it's not really the problem the the the, the, the thing mm -hmm. is letting it happen working through it uh -huh. so when your body starts having these having breakdowns or people having emotional kind of like shit uh, yeah that's a part of growing up puberty da, 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 you know like if you really are thinking we're spiritual beings having a human experience mm -hmm. then let's go through those experiences we don't I don't feel I feel Western medicine we just kind of went a whole other way with trying to fix things with, with like, you know, some kind of antidote always or yeah. uh, prescribe this and we can fix it. Prescribe that, we could fix it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And I believe that too. I believe that if you could start stabilizing it from a spiritual space first and then narrow down what you need to do, I think that that would be helpful and people not feeling like they're insane. I always feel like even schizophrenia, like when people say, oh, they're schizophrenic, they talk to people. But if you understand spiritually that there's a whole other realm here of, of beings and light and shadow or entities, whatever you want to call it, it's got intelligence on. And if somebody has the ability to go past and see that, then that's a real thing. Now, who they're talking to, what they're talking to, and how they're handling the information, that's also another thing. Well, that's, well, that's also based on the way society perceives that because mm -hmm. you say these things in society, go, go to the corner here and tell some people that you're talking to Jesus and they'll be like, oh, that dude's tripping. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to walk in carrying a cross. You just got to go, I'm talking to Jesus and you, you now lost it. Yeah. You now are in the, you know, so that's what I'm saying is that, that if you're in a society that doesn't allow a plant to grow, uh -huh. how are you to grow? You, you know what I mean? We're spiritual beings trying to grow, but we can't in this, in, in this society due to the fact of the way that young kids, will, like if they start having what we're saying, they call it breakdowns. I'm having a break. No, you're, you're, you're about to have a breakthrough. This is actually beautiful. So let's, let's walk you through this. Yeah. So they're afraid when you see someone like Kanye West who on this, on this stage is having a breakdown 
openly looks like he's, like, and they're telling him he's mentally sick. He's, like, so think of the words they're saying. So I, I believe that you have a lot of younger people now looking at this that go, ah, I don't know if that's what I want to happen to me. You know, and he's having something very spiritual happen to this guy. Mm -hmm. And he's a side look at him as a spiritual leader that's just got to straighten the shit out. Yeah. You know, he's obviously confused and this is part of what happens. And so I don't, I don't want to be told and nor did, did you want to be told that you were losing your mind? Um, for me, I set up the fact that I was losing my mind and then it started to happen. So it just got scary. So, and I was in isolation, by the way, when this whole thing happened. So I, I was just afraid that I was losing my mind because I became completely unrelatable with the rest of the world. No, I, I feel you. You know, so yeah. I didn't have this like, oh, you're crazy circumstance. I was like, oh, I'm crazy. And then everybody else was like, oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> so the same thing happened to my family because mm -hmm. I, I was able to hide it, right? Yeah. So I was able to kind of keep it kind of cool for a minute. But it's very much similar. I was having mood swings, high and low, da, 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 same, same thing. Like, yeah. Like, I started crying in my car for no reason. Like, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I remember driving home one day and telling my ex, I'm like, I, I don't think I want to drive my truck. I'm, I don't, I can't tell what's happening. But mm -hmm. I knew that I couldn't tell really what was happening because I didn't understand. Next thing you know, you know, it just led to me feeling voices and seeing things that I'd not seen before. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it was like cat was out the bag. I was like, oh, damn, I couldn't. Because then I was with my family, 21 years. So they're asking me, what are you seeing? What's happening? And mm -hmm. I'm telling them because I feel safe. Yeah. But I wasn't safe because it sounded like crazy. And so the more I said to them, the further away it put me from them. Yeah, yeah. And still to this day, my family still is, you know, convinced that, you know, I might have made choices that because um, where I'm at now, um, due to my spiritual, you know, I don't know how you call it. It's just different with all four of my kids. You know, mm -hmm. they're still, they mm -hmm. still really believe that something's wrong with me. Still. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, I don't, I feel that something's wrong with you according to like in relation to them, but something's wrong with them in relation to you. But I think that society. Yeah, totally. Like I don't, so I don't look at it as any, I think it's, it's, It'd be more acceptable. They it wouldn't be look. I wouldn't be. They wouldn't be looking at me like like I'm strange or the things I'm you know able to do or whatever it may be, you know. But I do. I do believe that there's a lot of things that people don't realize that with this instrument and these mm -hmm. this other realm of possibilities that go on that there is superpowers and things that come with it, but come completely. Yeah. When I look back at what had happened to me. I mean, like, ultimately, you look back and you're happy that it happened and, there's, you know, nothing, everything worked out for the way it was supposed to work out, right? right? Like, there's no regrets. But at the same time, if I could give to other people, I wish to give other people a more stable path of going through that. And I think you're saying the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, if I saw somebody that was younger than me going through it the way I had to go through it because it was funny and silly, but it got really scary right. and very lonely. And I made some bad decisions and, and I ruined some relationships that I wish I didn't ruin. And if somebody would have said, like you're saying, this is okay and taught me how to, to keep my life stable so that I could go really high and integrate it easily, then I would have preferred that. And I would want to give that to somebody else, you know, to hold their hand along the way on all levels. Make sense? Well, I think that's what 
with what you created with the VR experience that you that you started was that you mm -hmm. wanted to put in effect like I, I want to put something together that I could do that will help people with the, what it is versus being on stage and saying something that I know that may not because then you'd be yeah. disconnected you're looking like I need to be of service in some way that's where it changes and then you you know uh, yeah well I went into VR because I couldn't do stand-up anymore and I still wanted to stay in that space and how do, like you're saying, how do I serve while still staying in that right, space? Exactly. And and VR is fully immersive. It makes it puts you in a flow state almost immediately. And uh, there's a dissociated mind. So what are you planting in it? So it's kind of the reverse of what happened to me on stage. I was like, okay, if I've planted all these terrible seeds for ten years on stage, then then I could plant this Jesus seed, just his words, nothing else, and into people's minds. That's, I don't even want to say it like that, but if I'm going to plant right. any seeds, this is the one. And how do you see that working for people with, with using that technology? Um, I think it's the same as spirituality. Like it, as much as you allow yourself to be receptive, as much as you believe when you enter in the world, um, as much as, I don't know if I said this, as much as you want to receive, um, you can you can get that because it creates a, an isolation with whatever type of content you're going to integrate with right so if you're going to put yourself in a world with the words of jesus and you're going to allow yourself to take that in um in an environment that feels safe then you're gonna you're gonna grow from that it's like a it's like a six-dimensional bible that you could see so there's enough there's a more of a sense of believing but then also if you allow yourself to be receptive in that space you could go even deeper or higher however you say that so i think vr is really powerful in that way I do too. I really believe that um, VR sound healing with a lot of these, you know, a lot of the technology that's mm -hmm. here and with some, you know, ancient wisdom with future technology, mm -hmm. we could create um, applications and type applications that you've created that could help people with PTSD or that are having breakdowns. 100%. Like VR is the capability, even in his presence that I built, it has the capability to bring somebody's heart rate down and have their lung capacity be even with their heart rate, right? Mm -hmm. So if we can do that, paralleling all religions, this is how I would want to do it, all religions that are paralleling saying that they're the same thing, that everybody is bringing you to a state of peace, then I believe that there could be a real unity with not only people's understandings, but with their hearts, right? And so if, if, if you put... I don't know, 100 people in a room that were all having this same experience and they took the headsets off and they're looking at all of these people that look completely different, but they all said and felt the same thing at the same time. I believe it would remove all sorts of barriers, all sorts of social stigmas, be it religious, psych psychological, it is. sexuality, all of yeah. it, because it's, you know, what we're right. talking about, it's like we're, we're love, we're spirit, we're, we're invisible. And that's what you're saying, really, is having if everybody... When you come together, everybody has a complete open and trust and love for one another. When, you, when you're setting a container or anything you're doing, when you have that with people, with that understanding, with anybody, they say a healer. If you're truly healing, I feel that you want to be able to talk to somebody, look into their eyes. It's really opening their heart. But mm -hmm. their heart has to be open to doing that and trust you. Mm -hmm. So I, I believe that that, that technology is, is helpful. And the number one way I feel of bridging um, for Western medicine is for them to identify that with the heart and really understand the heart as much as they do the brain. Yeah, 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, it has to be your heart and the thought. You have your to thought really... is a mind, but then now you have emotions is your yeah. body. So yeah, yeah. And how did how do you you have to bridge that? Because when people are having these breakdowns, they're just going straight to the mind and they're not going to the to the heart. Uh -huh. And that's where you lose people because you have to really be in the heart space. And they need to trust you because it's a really scary place to be. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of truth to what you're saying for sure. Yeah. You know, I tend to see them, to see them as one, and so to be able to merge that together can be really powerful. I think people would heal it at an exponential rate if, if if modern day Western medicine would do that. But that would take uh, a lot of money out of a lot of pockets. I think it, it is, but look at I think that there's so many people like. Like, like Kanye West, uh, Jim Carrey. There's so many people that have money and influence that can help get this done. Mm -hmm. And it's really raising money like for, for it could be any different nonprofit. There's a bunch of different people that are they're going through and having these awakenings. So what we need to do is bring awareness to it so that if we go to a hospital, that they understand the symptoms of an awakening as they would a bipolar disorder, but be able to identify it. This is what I think psychosis, you know, it's that the, because if you can't do that, if you really think yeah. about that, that means that any time that we have a, one of these experiences, what's going to happen is we're going to go to a hospital and from that point, we're going to end up in a mental institution unless we unless we take the medic, medication. If they can calm us down with some medication, it's going to end up going to a psychiatrist because that's just where you're going to go because they go to your mind, your head. Mm -hmm. So until they understand your heart, what you're actually going through so that you go, this is what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. They go straight to the head. Oh, he's, he's lost his mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we, we, I can, we could raise money and get other people with influence to do this, to do trials at universities so that we can show people that are having what they would say a bipolar experience and or breakdown that they could be having an awakening. Yeah. I'm realizing now and hearing you speak, it's that when I'm talking about s stability, it's peace in your heart. Yeah. And and I didn't have that. Um, I didn't have that when I went through it. And so if you have peace in your heart, you're stable in your in your bloodstream, right? You're stable. Your heart rate is low. Your body is cool. So you could take in information and understand it in a way that's safe and relatable with other people. Um, no matter where they're at. There's a lot of other people I don't feel are, are maybe as durable as you. And I felt that you had to kind of go through this and be durable for this to kind of put these things together to help other people to navigate maybe. Yeah, this is what I was saying too about like every, yeah. you know, it happened for a reason and I'm glad. And if that means that my purpose is to help people go through this in a way that feels safer, then I definitely feel like I'm living out. You know, my life I mean, in the right you, way. The story, first-hand knowledge. I mean, if you <laughs> tell tell somebody else, I'd be like, "Oh, wow, that's 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 for real." What? The story about Jesus. Oh. And then it happened. I thought it was Jesus. It happened. <laughs> it happened. Well, just for the sake of we're being recorded, I just want to say that I didn't. I don't believe that I'm Jesus. <laughs> oh come on. I don't God. believe that I'm Jesus. I do believe that there's a consciousness which is called Christ here that was awakened right. from myself and allowed me to have understanding. That's a big thing to say, even as a joke. No, it is. I, I, was, I was outside. I was talking to Travis. I go, you know who I want to get? Hey. I want to get the guy, the, I don't know, the guy that I see walking down PCH, like carrying a crucifix. 
and then get him after he comes through that if he could pull it together and say like what were you thinking that's what i mean you gotta right? pull it together you right? gotta be right. able to integrate so that guy just didn't put he's there's a lot of people that think they're jesus christ millions of people walking around with this energy and you know it, look, it is Jesus Christ, though. It it's is. His, yeah. It's his energy. It's, I, it's his look, energy, and it's his consciousness. So you are, that's true you when you say that. You I know, I did the same thing, and not knowing, I, I, I told people, like, a lot of people. <laughs> I was wearing a sweater. <laughs> I was wearing a sweater that looked like Jesus. Oh, do you understand? I was, I, so I started doing the same thing. I'd wear white around. I actually would wear, put towels on the floor at my house, like white towels, because I didn't think I would touch the floor because there was sit on it. So my kids were like watching this happen, like going like, wow. But I was, I was convinced because of the images I was seeing that were so real to me. Yeah. So I was like, they're like, well, what are they saying to you? And I would, so I would tell them. And then it just, it, I, I was getting set up or I was setting myself up because then I, the more that I would say, the more it made me look crazy. And then the more I was trying not to look crazy, then I was like, it was like a tug of war of like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the more I tried not to look crazy, the more crazy I looked. Yeah. That and that's, that's another, so now you're like, oh, damn. And then you're in a mental institution. You're like, and then you're telling them, so you have voices. You can hear voices. And you're like, wow, this is actually really happening right now before my very eyes. Okay. I wrote at the end of that script, uh, I wrote that I ended up in a mental institution. And that was like my crucifixion overcoming moment. Right. right. Um, and so... In it, they were trying to like brainwash me into staying and trying to show me that I was crazy. And I was just like, I called the Jesus microphone drop when you're just using wisdom. And you're just like, you can't say anything about it. So I was just Jesus microphone and dropping everywhere, right? And they couldn't get me. And so, but <laughs> I ended up spending one day in the mental institution um, because I was trying to get drugs. Because right. I had already been like really high and then hit super low and for a while. And I couldn't get back up. And so I spent like three years high, and just in a manic state. But were you taking stuff too? Were you taking no, drugs? No, just never meditation. Blow, you weren't doing. Oh, like... I did that stuff before. Like, I did a lot of LSD in my teenage years, um, and then I smoked some weed. But when you were in the thing, when you so when you ended up in the mental institution, did you you were going there for drugs? I was going there to um, get Valium. And so, and I couldn't find, I couldn't find a doctor you that would see me. You couldn't find on the street? You couldn't get a value? No, I didn't know anybody. It was in isolation for like three years. And I didn't know anybody that, that could get me that. And nor did I want to call anybody to tell them that I needed it. Because I was very, I was ashamed of a lot of the choices I made. So I needed Valium like then. And Sorry, guys. I was, yeah. somebody told me, if you go to the hospital and say you feel suicidal, which I was, I was feeling really bad, um, you can get seen quickly and they'll bring you upstairs to the mental institution but you could leave so i was like perfect plan i'll totally say that get some you know valium and leave but when i got there um they like to have people pay for the overnight stay i think um i think vr is super powerful for people to a to have a spiritual awakening if they want um, B, to be able to relieve themselves from any kind of anxiety, stress, or depression that's caused by um, a lack of peace. Because ultimately, I see everything as, a, as either you have peace or you don't have peace. If you have peace, then you're not stressed, you're not 
in your memories that are creating horrible emotions for you. You're not in the future creating uh, anxiety for you. You're in the present and you're feeling good. And peace is the first experience with God. That's so, I think with, the, with AA, I think when they say <clears throat> taking your inventory, your moral inventory, mm -hmm. I think that's very similar. It's like when you have an awakening, you, you're not knowing it, you'll have to deal with that. And not knowing that you're dealing with those emotions when they come up like that, they'll start to jar you, make you feel like you're having a breakdown. Mm -hmm. That's I believe that those 12 steps are created. I, I believe that they're the, the process of self-realization. That's why I feel like I've never been an AA, but I understand them really well because I understand the process of self-realization. Um, and what I love about those steps is they all have these themes of... Um, tools that you could use to overcome the obstacles to get you back to peace. So like the surrendering, you know, if you have to, or what's the first step? It's um, admitting that you have a problem, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you don't admit that you have an issue, you can't get over it. So once you admit it to yourself, you shatter the assumption, you feel a sense of peace, and then you could move forward to surrendering to that idea or surrendering to the higher power, whatever it is that you have to let go. Right? So, and you can't do the surrender, and then finally when you surrender, you get to a state of peace, and then it comes back to the next step. So, as far as any kind of recovery, be it spiritual, mental, emotional, um, as long as you could get somebody to a state of peace, they could think clearly and integrate. And so... And the, the, I think that, that what you just said is the key part of it, and that's the trust and getting to their heart. Yeah. That's peace, because if you're just going to talk about, you know, them having experience and they're having a, a breakdown and they're mentally ill, you, you're going to close somebody's heart right there. You're going to, you, I don't want to hear that I'm mentally ill. This is why I love you. And I know I don't know you a long time, but I have enjoyed every conversation you and I have ever had because I always feel like we're saying the same exact thing. And then when we get to that point, I feel a state of peace. Right. Like I love the fact that I've been talking about getting to a state of peace with VR, and you were explaining that to me with getting in somebody's heart so you could heal them. Right. You know, it's just what modality it's, are you we're using? Ta exactly. exactly. We're talking about exactly. parallel things. That's uh -huh. what we're talking, and, and how to use these modalities and this, like I said, this ancient wisdom with future technology mm -hmm. to help people, to guide them in having these experiences. And I think using this, these, these technologies with the heart, having a better understanding of the heart. Yeah. So... I think being able to use, um, when you say ancient wisdom, um, even from the invisible aspect of it, so it's like sounds, frequencies, astral sounds, to, to use the, the inner workings of the human experience in the back end of a VR experience and molding them together when somebody is in a state of flow is super powerful. Right. And then to your point of trust and the open heart, that's why I like to use avatars or realized masters because they're going to develop the, the instant amount of trust because of the stories you've heard over time, right? Because if truth is eternal and we've been listening to the story of Jesus forever, it's safe to say the stuff, Buddha, Krishna, right. any realized master. So to use that in an environment that, um, that's isolated in the state of flow, if you're receiving, it creates that trust and opens the heart. Um, so in that way, I feel like VR can be super powerful in helping people who have mental conditions, let's say. Mental conditions, and I think, which everyone does. Every, everyone. Of course. And addiction issues. That's why I feel that they, they're so parallel. Because when you have these experiences, for me, I felt now looking back, I was trying to self-medicate myself. 
You know, you have soccer moms, you know, you never know anything. They're <laughs> drinking two bottles of wine and they're freaking out. Yeah. They don't even realize they're having a spiritual experience due to something going on in their life and not knowing how to handle it. And, you know, lo and behold, they'll get led to yoga or something down the line or, you know what I mean? Like, they'll, you know, they get, they get yeah. tossed through the ringer of trying to go through their uh -huh. path and learn and getting beat up through the way. You know? Even when you think of like substance abuse, again, going back to you're just looking for a state of peace. You are running from your problems yeah. and, and not dealing with your obstacles, but you are looking for a state of peace, whether it is a Xanax, some weed, some heroin. Like it just, you chase the, the dragon, I guess, when you still don't find it or when you find a little bit that you need more. Well, it's because, and I, I go back to the same thing you said, I feel it's because of the place we live in. It doesn't, it's not really conducive to having mm -hmm. evolved into a spiritual being. Like we, so because of that reason, we'll start doing or, you know, medi medicating ourselves in ways to actually try to bring these things that we are seeing to a place. Like, you know, we see this in movies. Mm -hmm. I, people spend all this money on these movies, like some crazy ass shit, Lord of the Rings and some of this wild shit we yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Now, I watch that, those movies now. Like, I might have four kids, I'll watch it before, and I'll be like, wow, that's really fantastic shit going on. Now I look at it, and I'm like, wow, that shit's for real. Now, that sounds a bit wild, but I don't know have any other way to explain some of the experiences that like, I've had. But in looking at a lot of the things that you see in movies, and, you know, I feel that there's, there's reality to those things completely. Yeah. Like Avatar, the movie Avatar. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That, that um, speaks to your spiritual understanding, though, too. Because, and going back to what we were talking about, how there is only one narrative, getting back to God, and how are you doing it according to the incarnation you're in right now and the choice that you made. So, like, if you could... There was a time, and that was really startling for me, to be able to see that everywhere when I didn't know that that's what I was looking at. Because, you know, you would see your way closer to God through flowers, and then you watch the news and see yourself uh, to saying the same story, but then, or dealing with the same narrative, but in a different story, taking you in the opposite direction. And so I didn't understand that, um, and it, it, that made me feel insane. Um, right. But when somebody can look through all of these narratives and still find the process of, of seeking God, um, that's where compassion and forgiveness all live. So that's a, a beautiful place. And hearing you say that and understanding your measure is beautiful. That's, again, why I love Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just, I think the other part of it is, is that I, um, me too. My, my mom, my mom was super, you know, holy roller. I went to Catholic schools and stuff like that. But I just, there's a point, I just didn't believe I was a sinner when I was born and all that Jesus shit and all the, the crucifixes everywhere. I was mm -hmm. just like, I don't know about all that. I just, I just don't know. And so it, it, it separated me even more from that you know understanding and so i do feel there's a lot of separations with all the religions so yeah if you are to go through a spiritual understanding of what and you're having it's a it's a really experience with god it's your yeah. god you don't really know how to even identify what that experience is because now am i bipolar now if i start talking about god i'm going to be like wait a second who's god am i talking to? who yeah. is are you catholic you create you yeah it's, it's i mean it's 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 real confusing for um, the lanes that have been created for the people that are moving in those lanes. Yeah. They need to be switched. The lanes need to be switched so that they can navigate properly to get to the right place. Yeah, that's super important. Um, I, I had a, a terrible relationship with the story of Jesus growing up. I grew up Catholic and I just 
like you, it just all seemed like bullshit to me. And I couldn't get on board with anything that well, had to do with church. We have this conversation. I think yeah. that you trip because I have a different thing. Like, I, I'm a little bit more like, like everybody trips. I'd be like, where was fucking you? Where was he at? Where'd he go? Nobody yeah. knows where he went. Yeah. He disappeared at what, 14? All of a sudden he busts back out and rolls in on his burrow. Yeah. With all this knowledge and wisdom, sacred knowledge and wisdom. But where was he before? Before Jesus was Jesus, he was a dude that was on a path. Yeah, and I love that about the story of Jesus, that you watch him go from a man into a divine being on this plane. And right. that's an important thing that I think people miss. <clears throat> but that's a different conversation. As far as my relationship with that, I had no, no faith at all before I wrote that pilot. As a matter of fact, I have a tattoo that my comedy friend, Candace Thompson, um, she put this on me. She got to choose this because I said she, she needed to deal with judgment. I was like, I guarantee if you stop judging people, it will improve your life. And I guarantee that so much that I'll let you tattoo anything you want to my body. And so she did. And I was like, just I, I had no faith at the time. And I was like, I just let it be something that has to do with faith. And so I tattooed this, this tattoo on my body to try to have faith as a commitment to faith. So when I wrote that pilot, I believed in nothing. And with Jesus in particular, I couldn't get on board with the, how is he the only one? How is, how is that possible? How are all the people in China missing out? Like that to me, I couldn't grab onto. Um, and I couldn't grab onto anything that the church said. Like but when I would see- if you think about it, if you really, no one really missed out. If you think about Jesus, he's somehow he's managed to, with no way of getting around. He's yeah, in every religion, totally. every book, every somewhere. You see Jesus flowing through with his golden locks. Totally. They're actually golden. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus has figured a way. He's in there everywhere. Of course. I mean, he's Christ. That's yeah. consciousness. That's everywhere in us right now. So, like, I didn't realize that then, but I couldn't I couldn't jump on board with anything priests were saying or, you know. Oh, no. My mom, that was my biggest problem. Yeah. You know, the, the things that priests were doing, I'd be like, yo, mom, that shit's crazy. Yeah. You can't be doing that shit to little kids. Like, and my mom would be like, that's just a few. But I go, nah. I go, I, I, look, she's right. It is just a few. Or whatever, she, but I just go, fuck, I just don't know about all that, you know, suppression, you know, like everybody's, I, you know, like it seems like it's such control. I, I felt that way those... about the Vatican, because I was like, why can the Pope, is, why is he the only guy that could talk to God? And if he can't, how come he's not teaching anybody? Like that always blew my mind. Well, no, because what would happen is, right, what would happen straight up, yeah. if people saw him on some experience that I've had, they go, he's exercised that fool. Yeah. You start shaking like that, straight up, they're like, oh, it's negative, it's dark, it's, mm -hmm. oh, he's got dark entities and beings because he's some blah, blah, blah. Like, they wouldn't know what to do because it's the same thing back, let's, the same way, right? Mm -hmm. When Jesus, what happened to Jesus was, is he started telling everybody, you don't need them to talk to God. Yeah. You don't need these guys. God talks to us all. Yeah. And that's what God, that's why they pinned his ass up. Yeah. But ultimately, it's the same thing. So you do it now, same thing happens. You know what I love? That we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing, essentially, going, hey, you don't have to do that. You don't have to believe that you're bipolar. You realize that. But now we'll get away with it because people like you, people like me, people like common friends that we know or people that we know are all doing the same thing at the same time. Like, I don't think there's any mistake that how in alignment we are both as people and with our projects um, that we're essentially doing the exact same thing. We're helping people awaken to the idea that they, their spirit is attainable in this life. It's as long as you, for me, it's, it's just a safe way. And if you could do it in a way where your life 
like the way I see it is the Beatitudes are the physical aspect of your life. The parables for the most part is your heart space, your astral space. And then the I am's is your consciousness that you get to share. So if Jesus is saying it in this, and all of them do, right. all avatars are, are doing it in this way. Um, and that's how I built the VR experience. I built it per chakra with the content and the frequency and the vibration um, all aligning and going up. Right. And if you like listening to you, listening to just, I'm just kind of listening to the, what we're saying is, is ever so interesting. If you're listening, if you found a place and somehow you're listening to this information, because for people that are going through these experiences, I think the more you, we normalize and talk about it because people are walking around and be like, I ain't going to tell anybody. I hear voices. You know what? I want to tell a story that I don't, I've never told on camera for sure. But it's something similar to what you're saying, and I would like to have the opportunity to make people feel safe, if that's yeah, okay. Absolutely. I, I didn't share this with you yet. So after I wrote the pilot, and then I thought I was insane for a long time, and I spent a lot of time in solitude, I was also listening to, I had done enough meditation to understand the difference between what was a memory, what was a, what was a um, imagination, where did they come from, and how did I feel them in my mind? And how do I then pay attention to the center of that? Like I was in that space. I was also hearing, and, and like when we say we hear voices, I mean, there definitely is a differentiation. I don't know the word right now because I'm pretty high. You have high. to differentiate. Yep. You have to differentiate between what is coming from your ego and what is coming from your soul. So you have to differentiate these other things that come in words. Let's say that. Right. right? And they also come too, I feel like. Feel, that's where it changed for me because all of a sudden it came with a feeling these what I thought to be thoughts were before that were usually orchestrated in your mind yeah you know but starting to feel like they were a cross between a feeling too because these thoughts had feeling to them so my body would feel them mm -hmm. versus before I just would think about things and do them mm -hmm. you know and then after whatever depending my you know whatever I got out of it I'd feel either good because I got what I wanted out of it or I didn't feel good because I didn't get what I wanted yeah yeah you know, so that's kind of how I balanced it versus, you know. I didn't have that kind of balance then. I was just, I was all mental, right? I'm a pretty hard space person for the most part, but when it came to my spirituality, I was just mental. Um, now, when I listen, I only pay attention to the things that I have had a realization that brings me into the mind of realized masters, and I feel a sense of peace. That stuff I act on and I take in. If I don't get those cues, then I just kind of brush it off for me to feel safe. Right. Um, but at this time, I didn't have that kind of skill set. And going back to helping other people get through spiritual awakenings, if I could look at myself in the past and hug myself and give me that tool, man, I wish I could. And right. if there's, if you're, like you're saying, if there's these kids or even adults that go through this, because nobody wants to help adults because they're already adults, and you just like get your shit together and you lose your mind and you're like, well, I'm still an adult, but somebody please teach me the spiritual technique. Right. Um, so, yeah, I would, you know, I would want to hug anybody that I see myself in or, or anybody really that was going through something like that. Anyway, so I, I think, th yeah, through your experience, to cut you off, but yeah. um, just through your experience and, and what you've created with this application um, for people having these experience, these experiences is important, even with the addiction part of it um, and how you were able to understand looking at the 12-step program because it's pretty spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's a, you know, the, the, 
the blueprint for it's a spiritual understanding of, you know, obviously a higher source than yourself. Um, but I believe the parallels between these, these two are things that like, I think that if you go to probably 95% of the people that are diagnosed with bipolar disorder, they've dealt with addiction, all of them. Mm -hmm. You can do the numbers, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. And then if you go and you look at the symptoms of bipolar disorder or even schizophrenia, like go look at schizophrenia. That's a, it's exactly what I was saying. Mm -hmm. I was having straight up visions of things that were happening that were not happening, highs and lows. Mm -hmm. You know, I was crying, not crying. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. You know? You start yeah. Saying, yeah like, what, it, what it really is is um, extending wisdom, you know, because it's really like you're getting information, but how are you, in, how are you handling it? And how are you integrating it and using it? You have to, if someone's having that, those, right off the bat, it's trust. If somebody thinks that they're, they're really seeing that. Now imagine this right now. I really saw those things, mm -hmm. right? Now, if I start to think because I really saw those, that I'm really crazy, I'm not fucking going to say I'm really crazy. Because now I'm, now I'm saying, okay, I'm going to take this. Because now if I take this medicine, they're saying... That won't happen again. Mm -hmm. Or I have to start lying to him and say it's gone. It's not happening anymore. Mm -hmm. And I tried kind of doing that, but it was still there. Mm -hmm. So there's no kind of like once you're, you're kind of like in a situation like once you say it, you're in it. Yeah. All right. So I definitely want to tell this story now because it's very indicative to what you, you what you just said. So at the time, I was I was listening in a way that it wasn't as as. Uh, I didn't have the tools that I have now, but I was listening to, I don't want to say voices, but there were things happening, which I was listening to. Right. And I was being very obedient to those things when they led me to God. So I was super obedient at the time, but I was spending a lot of time by myself. And I was on a beach in Michigan and I was reading, I was waking up at 5 a.m. I was in a manic state, but I was waking up at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. in the morning, and I was reading revelations every day because I wanted to understand what that meant. And just to say, moving forward, the voices are inner self. Okay. Because a lot of things, I think, it, it, by straightening out some of the vocabulary, when even people are talking to other people, that would have, now at that point, they would say, wait a second, how would I say that? Because inner self is saying voices, it, 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 it tends to mean there's more than one person in there. Inner self is, you know, you're dealing with yourself. So I just think for the people, like if for a psychiatrist, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, just, I understand the, yeah. the desire to want to be safe with saying that because you don't, that's, that's why I was saying things are happening and I was listening to them because yeah. you, you want to be careful with what that I is. I got it. I, yep, I, I get it. Like I just, my inner self for me, like I don't define inner self like that. No, you can't, but I'm just saying to save it for someone, I'm just saying for anyone listening. Yeah. If you're, if you're ever in a position and you have a doctor mm -hmm. asking you, I would say inner self, the voices thing is going to get you deeper into a fucking hole. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just I'm telling you straight up, it will you will go deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could get you hospitalized. That's it. Yeah, yeah the for voice. Sure. Trust me, that's right there. They're like, so tell us what you said. The voices, and I go, well, that voice is. Are they telling you to hurt people? I'm like, ah, oh, shit. No, it's not like that. So I, as soon as voice, eh, eh, I'm in a mental institution. Yo, you don't say I'm any talking of that. voices. <laughs> no, but I but I wanted to get out. But yeah. the more I tried to explain it. The deeper I got, now I'm like straight one flew over the cuckoo's nest and I'm having a full blown awakening. I have my best friend talking to me 
I'm like, wait, this isn't fun. There's no way this is happening, right? This is really happening. Yeah. The same way up with you. I said that same exact thing. Like you're like, it's the same story. You just flipped. I'm telling are we, are you, it's the same this? shit. Flip. I thought I was touching you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it, that's why I thought it was so hilarious that you created a story of Jesus. I was telling everyone Jesus. People were like, there's a friend of mine that's here that worked. And I was still telling people because I, I didn't, I couldn't gauge what was happening. Yeah. It's hard to understand and ego wants to run with it. I mean, I've had a few people that I put on the side go, I think I'm Jesus. Like I have had that happen a few times. And they're still out there probably talking about it. Um, the, the hospitalization for me was easier because I had wrote it so many times and you know, I was cool as shit when I wrote it. Right. But when I was in there, I wasn't as cool, but I was like, I'm not gonna let that happen to me. I, if I know anything, I know I have to like come and go and keep my mouth shut. And I thought I was, like I said, I went in just to get some meds and I asked for them and they said, you have to wait to see the doctor. And I was like, they like, go back to your room. And, um, and I was in my room in a robe and I remember like, you know, plastic furniture, plastic twin bed that you could hear the plastic on when you sat, this big window that was also plastic. And I remember looking at it and I was like, what happened to me? This is not my life. Like I'm leaving now. I go out to go, let me see that doctor. I want to leave. And they go, oh, he left for the day. And you, I was like, well, I got to go. Can I have my shoes? Tomorrow four. You can, yeah. <laughs> you can't leave until you see the doctor. I was like, I was told I could leave. No, you have to stay all night. So then I was like, <laughs> then I'm pacing and angry. And I'm like, you can't be this way, right? Yeah. So then they give me some drugs. Well, I was feel like, like a me... caged animal. Oh, God. And it's not <laughs> a place to get healthy at all. No, it's not conducive to having an awakening. Well, so I, I came out saying that. So they give me some drugs. So I figured, let me wait this out. I'll sleep. Give me some Ativan or something. I'll sleep this out and fine. I'll pay the bill. So uh, I take some medicine and I come back out. But now I'm like kind of wonky, right? And I'm saying things like, who heals in a place like this? Have you seen the lighting? Like I start just really riffing on everything. And so then I'm in like the... I'm in the hallway and there's like a lady that comes out. I don't know what her job was, but she was like a nurse. And I come out and I'm like doing crowd work with her. I'm like, hey, so you like what you do? And she's like, if you don't stop, we're going to give you a 5150 and you have to stay for a week. And I was like, wow, this is how it works around here. Like, yeah, I, you put me on meds. Yeah. I'm having fun now because I know I have to stay here one night. Now you're threatening me and saying that I'm crazy because I don't want to be here and I'm on medicine. I mean, that's it's kind of exactly, serious too. So that's what happens to everybody there. Exactly that thing is is trying to rationalize and realize the situation when it feels very not controlled and mm -hmm. you start to try to make sense of something. Because that's what happened to me. I got 5150'd and it just got worse. And 5150 turned into a 5250. And then all of a sudden you're seeing all these people that are obviously having breakdowns and not breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. And look, yeah, maybe some, some of these people needed to be there because they could be... Um, dangerous to themselves or somebody else mm -hmm. but there was a lot of people there that were not they're mostly homeless people that probably ended up not having a place to go um and then they're there and you start down and you start talking to them and you're like this is a trip a lot of these people are just having like spiritual experiences you know and then when you when you think about it right so if you start to think you're jesus right first thing's going to happen is you know okay tell us tell us what you're feeling well I feel like Jesus. Oh, you do. <laughs> Tell us about this. Mm -hmm. Well, as soon as you do that, they're going to give you a medication and they're going to talk to whoever is your next of kin or whoever else that talk, is their person and goes, tell us when he talks about Jesus. So you're never supposed to talk about it ever again. Mm -hmm. If you did, you'd be like, what are you supposed yeah, to do? Yeah, they like stick on a whole new paradigm on you. So you have to, so right there, 
is a problem. If somebody's having these experiences, they have to be, it has to be normalized to where like, oh yeah, okay, cool, all right. I don't want to feel that if I think that I have these experiences of Jesus and I'm losing my mind and I'm crazy and I'm a sinner and blah and all the different yeah. things that have been cast upon people over the I years. Know. It'd be so nice to be like, okay, you're not Jesus, but you have a consciousness that's awaking right now. So just switch the ego a little bit and right. you'll be in good company, you know, and just ride this wave out and learn how to forgive with the stuff that you're looking at and you're hearing and be compassionate because not everybody sees what you're doing. You know, That's, and then spread it when you can. Like, there's, there's the lesson. There, there's a way of coming, I think, off of that. That's such a high, like a big energy, and it's mm -hmm. real. You know, I was telling Eddie, I think I was last interview, and I was like, I just kind of came through the door. I felt the energy, and I was like, like I said, there's a guy that carries the cross down the street. I'm like, wow, that guy has some Christ energy. He's just got to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. You got the other guy that's singing, talking to Jesus, and probably went to Harvard and gave everything away. You know, that's his portion. He thinks he's having his relationship with Jesus and can't figure it out. When I saw Jim Carrey, they thought that he lost it. I knew exactly what he had gone through because I had gone through it a couple years before. But yeah. like when all of a sudden he was saying these things that nobody understood, I was like, oh, he's he's awakening. And then he did that like that video saying how much he loved somebody and they thought he was crazy and they put it all over the place. Kanye. There's a lot of people, a lot of comedians, a lot of comedians mm -hmm. and people, Keanu Reeves, that, that, that have had these experiences in front of us, a lot of them that we forgot about, that now are living their life, that, that now have been able to find ways to transition. Comedians come through because they love truth. Justin Bieber. I didn't, I didn't see Oh that. yeah, there's so many, but this is what I'm saying, like these people, and if they're listening, that those are the type of people that could help us get this done and yeah. put you know together um, these trials at, at universities so that we can determine um, when people are having uh, awakenings versus, you know, say a bipolar disorder or one of these other uh, diagnoses that they pin on us. Talk about a safe space you'd have to create too for people to, it couldn't be like a, I hear you say universities, but it would have to, it have to be so safe that somebody could feel like they could trust to say these things. Well, that's different. Because when that's, you're in a hospital, that's, it's completely right, different. No, no. So that's, that's to get trials done so that we could actually show that people are being wrongly diagnosed uh -huh. with bipolar disorder or just schizophrenia. That's just to show that. There's there's another whole whole component to it. It's one of the best things is having each, each different people come back and be able to navigate because then we can kind of like, you know, talk about where we're at because each of us have had different experiences and especially with, with, with what's going on in the world right now. You know, it's all very interesting. I didn't find anybody that had an experience like I did until I got to Self-Realization Fellowship. And, and not everybody had experiences like mine, but they all understood a common language and knew that that was going to happen. So I felt immediately safe. Because once that awakening happened for me, I mean, it was funny with the pilot, but then it got very unfunny where I was saying and seeing things that no one could relate to and I couldn't relate to the world. So I spent a lot of time in isolation alone getting information and drawing it out like diagrams and stuff yeah um, and I didn't everywhere I went every church every church leader every organization no one knew what I was talking about until I got to SRF and they were like oh that's all the teachings and I was like great at least I'm home you right know? see that feels good yeah and so that's been super helpful for me and it's given me like a community to feel safe um, a language that we trust in truth so I, I love all of that that's how Kundalini Yoga was for me. It mm -hmm. was a, just a place for me to go, and it, it felt safe for me. And um, it really probably saved my life.
But um, I'd say that about Asherah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's an amazing, amazing organization. Um, but I want to say thank you for coming in.